Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of PTSM Network Classics, where we uh, take uh, programming from the WWE Network, and uh, I watch it, and then I just comment and tell you what is going on, and also uh, the memories come flooding back. Now, this is going to be an interesting one, because uh, these... uh, these episodes, when we uh, will bring out Tuesday Night Titans, uh, which we're going to do an episode from that, uh, was before my time, uh, way before my time, in, in relative to the, the timeline of the, the, of the period. Now, this Tuesday Night Titans, which, a um, little background, this was one of Vince McMahon's first shows that he did uh, surrounding uh, the WWF uh, promotional tool, and it aired on the USA Network. Um, from 1984 to 1986. And uh, the idea was to have, uh, you know, kind of do a, a parody of uh, the talk shows, uh, like the, you know, Johnny Carson especially. But it kind of also gives you a feel, if you remember, there was a, a show running back in those days called Fernwood Tonight. And that was kind of a spoof on uh, talk shows in some small town or wherever. Uh, this was kind of the combination of all of that. And uh, as I will say many times, it was so bad, it was good. Uh, Especially when you go back and look at some of these episodes. There's just so many crazy things. And they don't really have any kind of vehicle like this anymore uh, where they would just get these guys on and just do all kinds of uh, ridiculous skits. And uh, they had vignettes. And, of course, they threw matches in there. A lot of times really, really bad matches. Oh, my God, we're going to see one in this episode. It's just awful. But the, but they're fun to watch, you know. It's uh, so uh, that that's going to be included in this. But as I was uh, saying, this this uh, this program was kind of the precursor to uh, primetime wrestling that would come on uh, after this, and they moved this thing around a little bit. Of course, it started out as Tuesday Night Titans. As I said, it ran from eighty four to eighty six. It originally was a two hour show that aired Tuesday nights. Uh, the first one, uh, according to these notes, was May twenty ninth, nineteen eighty four. And then uh, that went all the way until January of 85. Now, this episode we're going to take a look at is from January 4th, 1985. I believe it was the first episode where they went to an hour because originally it was two hours where they were doing these, uh, this production. And, and it was also before they made the big move to Stanford because, uh, you know, they built a really, really great uh, television facility where I, where I went to work. Uh, before that, they were down in Baltimore at a place called uh, Video One. Uh, productions down there and um it was uh done at the video one facilities in owings mills maryland now all of those guys uh were from that area kevin dunn is from uh baltimore that area and his father uh, if you know your history was also involved in professional wrestling production television production and that's how they got hooked up with vince and you'll it, it will We'll talk about it when we get to the end, but at the end of the program, they have uh, the credits, which was really fun to see because they had people like Nelson Swegler on there in the credits and, uh, uh, you know, who we've had on the show, who was kind of the production coordinator back then. And um, Kevin Dunn is listed in the credits as an assistant director, I think, because Kerwin Silfies, if you uh, can believe it, was directing even then as he had come on board and he was part of that crew uh, and he is to this day. But um, it was, uh, you know, just a, a collection of stuff. And, and the, the uh, production quality is really, uh, uh, I don't want to say low budget or just, you know, it was the early beginnings. It was just really, <laughs> it wasn't great as uh, it would become by any stretch of the imagination. So this stuff is kind of fun to watch. And as I mentioned, they did this show for a couple of years. And this was also, remember, prior to... Um, this when this thing was airing January fourth, nineteen eighty five, it was right before WrestleMania. Re- WrestleMania one would happen in March, so there was some storylines working along here. And uh, inside this episode, uh, they introduce Hillbilly Jim with, with as he's training with with Hulk Hogan, and uh, there's even a, a match in here where Hillbilly. Remember, they did the whole shtick with him, how they bring him into the WWF. He's just a good old boy from the country who's a huge wrestling fan is in, and is in the audience. And eventually they had him all over the place at uh, some of these um, shows where they'd see him in the audience reacting. And eventually he gets involved and then it takes off from there. So uh, Hillbilly Jim is, is uh, featured in this. 
but it was uh, it was supposed to be this talk show, and Lord Alfred Hayes is uh, is the Ed McMahon, I guess you'd say, the sidekick to Vince as they uh, do this uh, talk show, and, a, and, a, and it has everything right down to, and I'm sure kind of a, I don't know, a tribute or, or parody of, of Johnny Carson, where Vince has this pencil that he continues to tap, and if you guys know about Johnny Carson, that's what he always had, something like that. He liked to play the drums, I mean, for real. And he always had a pencil or something he'd be tapping. So Vince has this pencil with him. But, um, you know, this this uh, this whole show was notable because, like I said, it was an opportunity for them to bring the superstars on it and to show them off. It was a promotional tool, of course. And they didn't really have any kind of an event center to really plug events, but it was a way really just to plug the talent. And uh, they had all kinds of uh, uh, crazy events that happen on the show. And in Wikipedia, they have like notable moments. And <laughs> they say stuff like the first televised wrestling wedding with Paul Vachon, reception afterward involving a large food fight, which both Vince McMahon and Lord Alfred Hayes get uh, pies in the face. Um as we'll see, the, 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 the protein drink is, shows up in this episode when uh, Hulk has uh, uh, Hillbilly Jim drink it, and they, they, they mention that you know, Hulk brings this, this uh, concoction on the, on the show, and they, everybody drinks it, and Alfred ends up throwing up uh, on the set with it. Uh, and Vince always loved that toilet humor, still to this day loves. He loves when they did stuff like that that was just gross, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, Roddy Piper playing Ebenezer Scrooge in a takeoff of Dickens' uh, A Christmas Carol. Oh, I even uh, went back and looked at this one, too. This, Do you remember Mr. Fuji and Don Morocco were paired up for a while? Mr. Fuji was his manager, and they did this, oh, God, painfully cringe-worthy bit where Morocco is a comedian, and he comes out, and they're reading uh, you know, off of cue cards very badly. And Mr. Fuji says something along the lines, you know, well, well, you know, he's kind of bridging these bad, bad, bad jokes. And Mr. Fuji says, how about something tropical when he was supposed to say topical? That was kind of like, but it was really, you're just watching it. And Gene at that time, because Gene ended up hosting the last 13 episodes, because like anything else, Vince would just get tired of doing something. So then he'd bring somebody and say, hey, let them, let them do it. And uh, so Gene Okerlund did the last 13 episodes and before it became primetime, which, of course, would involve uh, eventually Bobby and Gorilla, and they would make that show what, what it came to be. Um, but this, just a lot of stuff on there. I, we'll do a few of these along the way. But um, this, is, this is kind of a fun episode because um, they got a lot of people in it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of run through what we're going to see. They have... Um, and this, of course, I want to credit, uh, this is from blogofdoom.com. I got the, these, uh, the, the rundown on the show, but I actually went back and watched it, so um, I'll be able to add a lot of my own commentary to this. But uh, as I mentioned, they've got um, uh, Hulk Hogan introduces his new protege, Hillbilly Jim, and they uh, go through this whole thing of him making this protein drink and having him drink it, which uh, you know Hillbilly has a really tough time doing. Uh, doesn't uh, you know uh, swallowing it, and then they sh- they have this really bad montage of them working out <laughs> with with uh, with the Hulkster and Hillbilly, and Hillbilly is supposed to be just completely green. You know, he's just a Hillbilly. He doesn't know how to wrestle. He doesn't know how to lift weights, and they kind of play off that. But uh, I mentioned the production production value in this was not very good at all at the time. And this is like I said, it was being done down in Baltimore at Video One, and of course. Uh, uh, everybody would get better. Uh, you know, Kevin, of course, became a really, really good producer. And I've mentioned many, many times that, you know, as far as Vince going, as far as raising the production value, he really demanded uh, the, the production to be really qual- really a quality product. And they kept raising the bar, and you know, more and more and more. And uh, they certainly would do it, but not with this show. No, it was <laughs> it's not the case. And they have this uh, this montage and the music's too hot. They're playing Hulk's uh, music, and uh, you know, and you can uh, hear, barely hear Hulk as they go through that. But that's that's one of the things. And then uh, they bring on uh, Nikolai Volkov, as uh, and Nikolai was always one of my favorites because he was just so bad. He was so good, uh, you know. And uh, they have him with the band, 
singing something, and then he comes out and uh, berates everybody. And then they show a match, which, whoo, I, I mentioned that it's bad. Wait till you see this, guys. This match between Nikolai Volkov and Athens Apollo, which could not be as, uh, a more badly named uh, 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 moniker for, for this guy, who is uh, basically a jobber. And uh, so he comes on, and then uh, there's uh, another um, uh, bit they show on here with Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, of course, who teamed up as a, a tag team. And uh, they take on S.D. Jones and Aldo Marino, but they never get to that point. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, Captain Lou Albano comes on. And remember, this is when all that stuff was going on with Rock and Wrestling, MTV, uh, Cindy Lauper, David Wolf, her uh, manager, partner. And, uh, and Lou Albano comes on with his uh, very special, uh, well, he's got a, a tuxedo on with all kinds of rubber bands all over the place. That was his thing. I never really understood that, but you know, it was unique. There's no question about it. And what did he do? How did he get, it was like super glue on uh, that he put him on or it was, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I think that's how he did it. But uh, anyway, that he comes on and he just rants and raves. And this is where they're building, um, you know, the rift between them and, and Roddy, Roddy Piper. And I'm telling you, boy, you could not get away today with with, uh, what Roddy talks about there and how he berates women and Cyndi Lauper in particular. So that uh, was interesting. And they get uh, Roddy back on the show. He comes back on after Albano does his bit. And uh, this had come off of uh, a prior appearance that he made on there where he, of course, is out of control and ends up slapping Alfred. Uh, in the process, and um, so he he's supposedly banned from the show, but they let him back on with the promise that he's going to be this really great gentleman, and uh, so it kind of goes on from there, but um, really, this this stuff is fun to go back and look at, not, not only because of, um, it's just so campy, I mean, my God, uh, it, I, I, they, <laughs> it's like, they just it just looks like they said, "Oh, that looks like a good bit. Go out and do it without any thought process or anything um that's kind of the way it was done. They did not have a team of writers putting this stuff together. It was uh kind of just a, a thought stream, I think, and they just went out and did these shows and there's I don't know if you could really call call it an audience because it's not, they don't show an audience, and when they kind of call for an applause it's it's kind of a smattering of it's more than a golf clap. I'll, I'll say that. It's more than a golf clap, and they probably have some people, but that could be the crew for all I know, <laughs> and they're invited guests, because I don't know if they uh, really, it's, it's, it's the crowd's there, but it, it's not real big. But, uh, you know, and this is, there are, there are ways into this thing at this point. I mean, they've been doing it for, um, you know, let's see, from May 84 to January. You know, we're talking, it's been, uh, you know, well, six months or so since they've been doing it. Uh, so this this is the best it's getting at this point. And uh, we'll we'll take it from there. So um, I'm hoping that you guys have uh, queued up. This took me a little longer to find on the WWE Network. But uh, the best way to do it um, that I found is that you go to the WWE Network. And then you go to in-ring. And they have all these uh, shows up. And it says... Um, uh, what does it say on there? It's uh, latest or let's see. Let me take, let me look at here what it was. It was you go to uh, okay most recent it has on there, and then you can click on 1985, and then just go to the bottom of the page. And although it doesn't have the date on there, um, it it is a it's an, a picture a thumbnail there of of uh, Hulk Hogan with Hillbilly Jim. And that's that's the episode. So click on that. So again, when you're on the WWE Network, go to in-ring and then it'll say, say it says something like filter by most recent, uh, uh, drop down and go to 1985, then go to the bottom of the page where you see uh, the thumbnail of uh, Hulk Hogan and Hillbilly Jim. And then that's the episode. So we're going to queue it up. Uh, right now I'm at uh, 000. And then uh, I'll say, uh, I'll do the three, two, one, play, okay? But I'll give you a second here, because you can pause it. And uh, I'll do the three, two, one, all right? So 
Go ahead and uh, you can stop the podcast as you queue up here and then turn it back on. And I'll be ready to say three, two, one, play. Okay. Ready, set, hold on. Okay. Pause and get queued up. All righty. That means that you must be ready to go. All right. So let's do this. It's about uh, 40 plus minutes long. And uh, we will we'll get into this. All right. Three, two, one, play. How do you like that music? Look at that graphic. That looks like something from, uh, you know, one of the early Pac-Man games, doesn't it? You know, early video games. What the hell? This is big time stuff, guys. This is, this is uh, cutting edge. T. N. T. Not what it is today. Not, uh, this is uh, Tuesday Night Titans. That's what that TNT stands for. Okay, and you can barely hear the house announcer. And I have no idea who's doing that voiceover. That's not Howard. I even had a few sponsors there. Oh, no, that's Alfred. Yeah, that's Alfred. Jeez, that's how bad that mix is. I couldn't even tell it's Alfred. All right, there's Vince with the three-piece suits. God, did he love those. And uh, he would wear those for the next, I don't know, how many years. Lordship. With his uh, tuxedo. with the Alfred loved wearing the tuxedo. He had, uh, whenever he had that chance, he loved it. And then, of course, like I said, Vince had the three-piece suits with the vest going. Always had the matching uh, handkerchief in the pocket. See, there's, oh, he's got a, Okay, that's a pen, but uh, see, th- this was the, the, the parody of a talk show. They had the, it all set, you know, all set up. Vince had the desk. Okay, so of course they're pushing Hillbilly Jim here. Let's take you now, one of Vince's favorite phrases. Okay, so I don't know whose kitchen that is. That is somebody's apartment that they said, hey, we need, we're going to use your apartment today. That's, that's what you got for sets. They actually went somewhere. And listen to this. Like, you can't even hear. It's, they, they're playing hillbilly music, right? But you can barely hear it because the music's so hot. So, and uh, the Hulkster's made up his concoction here. And I, I can't, I don't know, imagine what in there. It looks kind of like uh, orange juice, but it's supposed to be pretty nasty. Now, watch when he takes a drink of this. He, like, kind of spews it all over that beard. Watch <laughs> it. What? Oh, yeah, it's just, it's just running off the beard. Like, what do you have on top of that beard? It kind of ran off. It didn't really even, you know, soak in. Hulkster looks good, though, man. Look at the pythons. Hillbilly having a little trouble getting this one down. The Hulkster's uh, kind of uh, getting his, uh, his his shtick down there with the eat your vitamins, say your prayers. As Hillbilly holds his nose and then goes for it. Then we really get to the fun stuff. You know, and, and Hillbilly would get, uh, he's in good shape there, but he got in really good shape as uh he started getting into wrestling. And there's a Hulkster doing some bench presses. Now, folks, if you lift weights, you know that's about, that's 95 pounds. I have a feeling the Hulkster can do a little better than that. But, of course, they want to do some shtick here. So, uh, Hillbilly has, of course, never lifted a weight in his life. You know, he's been, he lifts logs and, and pigs and stuff like that, large livestock animal animals. And so, here it is. See how he can barely, it's all unbound. Oh, he's off one side. Yeah. And then the Hulkster tries to demonstrate the squats here. And again, we're going for the big heavyweight, 95 pounds. And um, Hillbilly's having a little trouble with that one as well. So we're setting it up. You know, he is as green as they get. And then uh, those, the, the pulley, the pulleys, you know, with the weight. And see, just, just, uh, just, as, just as raw as you can be. Just never been to a gym in his life. Uh-huh. Even Hulkster's kind of looking, okay, I think this, is it working? I don't know if it's working. Eh, whatever, let's just 
Let's move on. Shall we move on? All right. And, and you hear what they're playing. I'm a real American. Now, this uh, had just been really introduced. I haven't been out. But, boys, uh, let's, let's turn the mix down a little so we can hear what the Hulkster is actually saying here. And I don't know how they were mic, how, you know, mic in this thing. They're not wearing mics. You know, today you'd be wearing a lot of mic. They can bury those. Maybe they're, they're probably trying to do it with a boom mic over overhead. But it might have been right off the camera. I don't know. This audio is awful. All right, so doing a little, little, uh, some drills here. This is the hand push-off drill, which I've never seen before, but hey, I was never a wrestler either. Maybe this is something they actually did. <laughs> All right, now he goes, oh, he's, oh you're, you're, you're terrible. You're off balance. You don't know what, you, what you're doing. Because he's from the backwoods, folks. He has no idea about this wrestling thing. So it's going to start uh, sending them into the ropes. And remember now, this is before the move to uh, Connecticut. So uh, you know, after this, this would have been shot at a gym up in in Connecticut. But uh, this is in Baltimore, I'm sure. Uh, they had a little workout. They even made it authentic. They've got uh, the turnbuckles. Hillbilly, just just not his timing's a little off, wouldn't you say, folks? Just a little off there, Hillbilly. But you know, you're gonna get it, pal. I'm gonna be with you every step of the way. He wants to wrestle. Listen to that music. Like, can you bring it down a little? We can't hear what he's saying. Stick with me. Yeah, back with Vince in studio. Alfred referring to when uh, the Hulkster was on and uh, everybody sampled his vitamin drink and Alfred, his lordship, uh, didn't handle it well. I tossed his, his drink. Maybe we can find that. We'll find that clip. Oh, yeah, he's got the pencil. And Vince, uh, obviously, ad living his way through this. <laughs> oh, and they had a house band. All right, and there is Nikolai. And folks, see that suit he's got on? That was his suit. He wore that every time he came on somewhere. I think he did have one suit, and it was bad. And Vince with the pencil, the Johnny Carson imitation. And, you know, uh, Nikolai, as I said, he was always one of my favorites. He was funny and didn't realize it, you know? He really didn't. He was just hilarious. All right, and uh, Alfred mentioning what a great singer he is. This is... <laughs> yeah, he's going to uh, sing with the band here. And here he goes. Now, do you actually think that uh, Nikolai is singing Russian here? Yeah, okay. You, you're catching all the words there? I don't know. Maybe you speak Russian, but I don't think... Uh, he knew what the hell he was saying. I don't know. It doesn't sound like they had a, a you know, had rehearsed. Do you think? <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, berating the band for it was their fault. Where did they get that furniture? Oh. 
Miss uh, Nikolai with his bad suit and uh, bad hat. Or that uh, that same shirt. Oh, and he's singing a member, of course. Every time he went in the ring, he would sing the national uh, Russian national anthem, which I don't think he ever sang the same twice, ever, ever. <laughs> it's just... See, I can sing it too, just as well as Nikolai did. And look at that uh, that tie. It looks more like a rope around his neck. At, uh, and that is a button-down, folks. Never had. I don't think that shirt had seen an iron in its life. Now, remember, he took that hat everywhere with him. I couldn't uh, imagine what that must have uh, smelled like. But... <laughs> He had a big bag he carried around with him where he had everything in there that he might need. And then, and Nikolai, you know, was really uh, known to be really, really tight with his money. I mean, to the point where he would, uh, you know, go to a, a diner if he'd be with the guys and he would eat like crackers and ketchup, which didn't cost him anything and drink water. And he would go to... Um, Grocery stores, and he would find the, the um, this is like stuff Alfred used to tell me, that he would go to grocery stores and ask for the store manager and say, do you have any fruit that you're going to be throwing out? You know, that's kind of reached its expiration date. And he would get fruits and vegetables for free from places. Of course, my fave. So now we go to this match here, uh, as they would do on uh, Tuesday Night Titans. They would show matches of uh, whoever might be a guest on. Classy Freddie Blassie, of course, at ringside, they would introduce him. And this is Athens Apollo. Look at that Greek god. Yeah. Nikolai with the hat. See, he's wearing that hat. That was the hat that he wore everywhere and didn't get much chance to be aired out. CCCP, if you remember, that is the uh, the letters for uh, that uh, the Russian Soviet Union and the Moscow Olympics. Now this is uh, you know he's going to sing the national. Listen, that doesn't even sound like the tune of. Now look at there. There's Hillbilly Jim. Remember we mentioned uh, this is when they were working that angle that he's in the crowd. That isn't even the tune of the Russian national anthem. <laughs> oh my God. How could you not love Nikolai? And there's, see, then you've got Hillbilly Jim. They work at that as they, remember, they start to bring him in. He starts out as a fan and then he gets outraged by what uh, happens and eventually uh, becomes a, a friend of Hulk Hogan as he comes to his rescue and they start, they team up. So this was old stuff as far as, this is when, and I guess we could still now say, because, you know, Russia's our enemy, but this is when uh, they still could get away with that and, you know, kind of the Cold War uh, remnants. And so you could go with a, a Russian villain. And they brought Iran into this because, uh, of course, the Sheik, the Iron Sheik was around and they would team up. But this guy, the, guys, this match is just horrendous horrendous Athens Apollo my god wait until you see what goes on in this thing Freddie Blassie with those sparkly shirts but look at this thing now and uh, Vince is doing commentary along with Bruno San Martino I believe and uh, of course Nikolai not exactly the most uh, tactical uh, ring technician out there just a brawler a, a, a pounder and you're not expecting a whole lot from this match, but if it, 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 as bad, though, and awful as it could be is what we're seeing here. Okay, so he tosses Athens Apollo outside of the ring. And at least he got that right. He'd go over the second rope. And this is early on, too. Look where, where they are. The, 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 this is uh, before they started perfecting what they were doing with their house shows, where they started to light the audience more uh, for TV. Uh, this is you know, still still very dark. 
Lights centered on the ring. And then uh, Volkov doing his thing. You know, the brawler. Typical brawler stuff. And this is supposed to be... Oh, God, did he miss badly with that one? Now, this is where, you know, here comes... Okay, Apollo mounts this, you know, comeback. Couple of rights to the face. Look at this. Starts pounding to the midsection and no sell. And I, you know, I guess that's Nikolai to show that, you know, this guy is no match for him. But you're going to see, uh, I don't know if he's trying to do a body press coming up here, but oh my God. The, the, at the, here he goes. Okay, picks him up. Just, <laughs> I don't know what that was. And... Athens Apollo really just you're going to show just like how much of a pound or many pounds of goo he is when he's trying to work. He's just trying to find something he can work here. Okay, that okay, yeah, that that was probably the best move of the match. But wait until he picks him up here. Okay, he picks him up, and you know, look at he's trying to do. All right, he's going to try and get him up. Now, what he's supposed to do with this match is that Athens is supposed to get his arm in place so he can help press him. I don't know if that he was trying to do, but he couldn't even do that. And so he just kind of like, blah, just throws him onto the mat and goes for the cover and, thank God, gets it over with. Oh, God. Yeah, as he calls for an encounter with, with Hulk Hogan. Ho Hogan. Ho Ho Hogan. Like Christmas. Ho Ho Hogan. <laughs> Look at Vince's face. I think Vince really liked Nikolai, though. I think that, I mean, he stuck around for a long, long time. And he said he was so bad, he was so good, you know? Uh, I I loved them. And I, I've talked before about the bit. They remember they were the Bolsheviks, and there's a a bit they did for WrestleMania where they were in the shower with Steve Allen, the uh, comedian Steve Allen, and he does a song. I think it's one of the funniest things they ever did. And Nikolai, Mister Volkov, yes, Nikolai Volkov. So yeah, these uh, state of the art uh, graphics back then. You just kind of come up and. Oh, and Nikolai can't take the screeching guitar riffs. Wince. How about you, Wince? <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so they're gonna they're he's gonna go on and they're gonna set this up as they've been he'd been teamed up with the Iron Sheik. Yeah. So, you know, Nikolai's, of course, one commie to another, basically. And, uh, yeah, see, talking about how, uh, how much he loved this guy. There you go. But, you know, uh, Nikolai was from Jersey. He spent his whole life in uh, in New Jersey, uh, basically. And as I said, he saved he saved every penny he earned. And apparently, he owned um, like apartment buildings there, and uh, you know, was pretty shrewd with his money. So uh, you know, uh, he had you know worked the territories for, and then uh, worked with the WWE for a long time. And apparently he was from uh, from Croatia. So, uh, you know, it wasn't though he was a guy from New Jersey who, who, cut, who played, you know, this whole thing up. He was actually from that block of the world. But uh, nobody really understood what, uh, you know, where he was, what his real uh, upgr- upbringing was and, uh, you know, but pretty interesting. I mean, he's a pretty interesting guy. And he did have one suit. There's Nikolai. 
Of course, we get to, again, now let's see. This is going to be a closer rendition, though. He actually gets the tune right. As he comes in to sing the Russian national anthem. Freddie wearing the light blue. See, that's the actual tune. Da, 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 da. All right, so this is the big uh, payoff here for this because we're not going to see much of this match, uh, matter of fact, at all. But uh, you've got Barry Windham right there and uh, Mike Rotundo, who were a tag team at the time, come out with uh, the American flags along ringside. Of course, that would not be the uh, the real, uh, the one that everybody would remember, the, the storyline. There you go. And the Iranian flag. And I loved uh, hearing the stories back then of how much heat these guys got. You know, they really did. The Sheik, boy, he was, uh, he was a heat machine. Guy's in great shape, though, too. Yeah, Nikolai's very upset about that disrespect. Say that, yeah, that's, uh, you know. No, not the fact that, you know, Nikolai, you're in America, so maybe you will see some American flags and uh, people will be upset when you try and do the national anthem from Russia. <laughs> Oh, what would you do? You know, the concept of this wasn't bad. You know, I think that, uh, uh, I don't know why they didn't try and do this in a different forum maybe later on when they were a lot more, um, you know, their production was a lot more slick. Maybe it wouldn't have worked though. This was like, this, if you remember what I was talking about, I said, you know, of course they're making a, uh, they're doing a, uh, kind of a spoof or a, a parody of the talk shows at the time, which, of course, Johnny Carson was still still on. And then, of course, we would see, you know, these different shows evolving with David Letterman or whatever. But this was kind of the original, you know, what they had. Uh, obviously, The Tonight Show was kind of, a, that's what they're playing off here. But maybe it wouldn't have worked later because, you know, everything changed. And then you had The Tonight Show with, with, with Jay Leno, which was a different uh, show completely. And and the other ones, David Letterman and, and, and on and on. But, you know, back then, like you said, it was so bad, it was, it was, it was good. It was fun to watch. And so I've gone back and watched a bunch of these. And Captain Lou Albano comes out there. And says, I remember I mentioned he's got the tuxedo on. This is a tuxedo of rubber bands. And, uh... I'm not, I don't know what he's got wrapped around. I don't know what these things on the side there are. Tried to get a good look at them, but uh, I don't know, they're buckles or something. Yeah. Put together. Let's see, what are those? See, what are those? Uh, Oh, get the side striping, got the sneakers on still. And the rubber bands. I don't know what, uh, how that all started, but uh, and I don't remember how he kept them on there. I think it was super glue. I think he just super glued them to his cheek. I don't, I don't think he was piercing his cheek or anything like that, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Now, this is big time, yes, that... See, you hear the golf smattering claps in the background? So it couldn't have been a very big audience. And Lou Albano, you know, was uh, along those lines with the, the very loudmouth managers they had. Uh, Freddie Blassie, but, uh, who I think was, was great. Um, you know, prior to, uh, you know, Bobby Heenan really coming uh, of age and becoming who he was with the WWF, WWE. But this is when they had, uh, you know, formed that alliance. They had done had been very successful with that campaign with um, Rock and Wrestling, and uh, this is leading all up to WrestleMania, which is going to happen. This this was in January 
uh, of 85. And uh, that March was when WrestleMania uh, debuted, WrestleMania 1, where Vince put everything on the line. So this is when it's uh, really starting to build. But you saw in those matches, they're, they're playing houses where they couldn't have had more than maybe, I don't know, hundreds, maybe uh, a couple thousand would not get to the point at, by any means at that stretch, I mean, where they're getting more than a couple thousand people in these houses. And uh, they would get used to having, you know, 10, 12. WrestleMania, of course, would happen at Madison Square Garden. That place would be jam-packed. It only held about 20,000. There's Lou Albano uh, ranting in this encounter. So they would throw this setup. It was, uh, you know, see the WWF behind there. And this is uh, when Albano and, and Piper are, are still somewhat uh, together. But uh, Albano already starting to lose patience with Roddy and some of the comments that he's made. And Piper not thrilled at all with uh, Cindy Lauper and the attention she's been getting. And that very uh, New York accent. Maybe more like Staten Island or, you know. Now, Lopper was, um, you know, very much a, a big-time pop star at this point. That She had, uh, you know, a very successful album. And uh, as I mentioned, she had sold millions of records MTV had just exploded. It was still, uh, it was really big. That's when you're watching all the videos. And so that union between MTV and uh, wrestling was really, it was uh, it was genius. And that's, if you remember, Ebersol tells a story, Dick Ebersol, who would uh, end up producing SNME, Saturday Night's Main Event, said that that's what got his attention when he looked at the ratings they were getting with uh, rock and wrestling. I just love listening to Piper rant. <laughs> yeah, and see now Albano's like disgusted. Let's take you to the videotape. And uh, this, you know, they go to this interview. It looks like they, this is from, I think that's Jay Strongbow there. I, I look like him. Joe Scarpa. But this is, uh, well, you know, Wendy had uh, been a part of that. She's young. She's uh, good looking, very attractive. She's got a great body. And so she was one of the first divas, really. I mean, Mula couldn't really qualify, and then they 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 pair her up with Cindy Lauper, and it would it got uh, it was over big time. So, uh, you guys know the story of what happened with that. Um, shortly after, like at WrestleMania, you know, they had that whole. I mean, it was huge. She was the champion, and within about six months, she would be gone forever. When she, uh, you know, they say the, the original screw job, you know. So, Lou Albano just disgusted. I don't know what's with the hat. I don't remember Piper was never really known for hats. Maybe for a period of time, he did. Just uh, Albano can't sit still. And he never could sit still. And I've told the story of when I went to work for the w, uh, for WWOR in uh, Jersey. That's where the station was located. And they used to do uh, a show there. Uh, Richard, Richard Bay, I think, was the guy who was the host. It was a, a local talk show. And he came into the newsroom after he'd made an appearance on there. And, uh, you know, here I'm just trying to get settled in and I'm you know I'm not saying I'm looking to be credible 
But him coming into the newsroom and screaming, where's Mooney? Where's Mooney? Because they had this newsroom. It was just a gigantic newsroom. There weren't cubicles. Everybody had desks. And he's about screaming about that loud. Where's Mooney? Where's Mooney? Didn't help me. Those people with those people. (laughs) Yeah. So. You know, uh, Albano, he he gets blown up here, as you'll see when uh, as when they come back, because they have Roddy on, and then he comes back on. But I would have worried that he could have had a medical emergency at any time. You know? That's not good for the blood pressure. Yeah, he was always at a... It was either at like a 4 or 5, and then it was like 12... <laughs> Cutting a promo, Lou Albano. No, no. Look at he's blown up there. It's a, I would be. I would have had uh, EMT on set. Quick bridge. All right, and we're back. And they're going to bring uh, Piper on as he uh, will come out and defend his actions. So they, uh, there it is, that TNT. No movement, no... Uh, you think they would have the TNT shootout or something. And Vince with a pencil. Now, Rowdy Roddy Piper had promised, because he had been on before... And had not behaved very well, apparently. Alfred always so uh, impeccable, and yes, as always, the gentleman said that when he got slapped, he wasn't uh, going to, uh, you know, uh, go after Piper because he's a gentleman, and if he wants to behave that way, so they let him come back on the show after he'd been banned. Sands the hat. And here comes Hot Rod. With a red blazer. No. Not too fond of the band. Yeah, they'd, uh, yeah, I don't know if they'd take a shot at the band here, but he took a shot at the band, that's for sure. Piper in full kilt. If you notice, he kind of keeps flashing the camera. I think he's kind of daring them to get that shot under the skirt. <laughs> like, you'll see. Referring to him slapping Alfred. Vince, always the voice of reason. Roddy said you're going to be a gentleman here, not taunt his lordship. Alfred accepts his apology. See? True gentleman. Yeah, he said he's going to behave himself. Do you believe him? I don't think so. Vince gets in the, the uh, you know, don't you think you can, you owe people apologies here? See, Roddy, Roddy, uh, you can see, like I said, he keeps putting his, he puts his leg up on the table. <laughs> Oh, and uh, if you remember, she bops and talks about that music video, and he says it's about masturbation, right? And and see what watch Vince's face when he oh my throws a pencil. He can't. We can't have this. This is just let's just go somewhere. 
Uh, this is uh, a match. Look at uh, the Tonga Kid. Which, um, you know, this is a this is some good stuff. Body, uh, Roddy tries to go after him with a chair. At the comeback. What is it? No. This is the headbutt by a foot and a half. And which is funny because they're going to actually show the replay. But I guess the angle on it works. But man, it was it was a bit off. And well-placed chair shots. Look at this. Well-placed. Nowadays, man, they just smack them. Greg Valentine comes into the ring. Iron Sheik. Nikolai Volkov, who's got, I don't know why he's barefoot. That's, I guess, was getting dressed when this happened. (laughs) All hands on deck. All hands on deck. And there goes Roddy. Just all uh, mayhem. And this is something they never tired of, of course. You know what I mean? I mean, it was uh, when that's just Sam Fatu, right? The Tonga kid. You know, then they, they were all related. You know, he was in a Noe, Fatu. There's a headbutt. Look at this replay. I mean, I wouldn't have showed this one. That That's like, <laughs> even though, I mean, the angles, I guess the angle works. But boy, I, I bet I, I bet his head wasn't, uh, a f- wasn't within six inches. Sam Fatu. Yeah, we got the uh, the chaos. Now we come back, and as they, you know, they're still tra- they're still getting this going. Remember what happened earlier with with uh, Lou Albano out there? Oh, this is funny. He's talking about what if your son came home, referring to Shane, had come home and uh, had a ponytail and a, an earring, and they're was a story that that's exactly what Shane did. Had come home from college with a ponytail and uh, Vince was not pleased. And I think that the ponytail was soon gone very soon. So that, that was kind of a little shot. I think that Roddy had, uh, had taken there. Uh, they take another break. See Roddy putting the leg up there, daring these guys take that shot up the skirt. Now it wasn't that he wasn't wearing under th- anything under there, but see, he just, <laughs> he just loved to push the envelope. Always did. Uh, not a fan of the band, apparently, as he just. This was right after, this was, like I said, January 4th. So this is after Christmas and New Year's. They hadn't really changed the set out yet. Now, you honestly don't think that Roddy ever wrote any of this stuff down, right? This, he just, just went. Just. Hear that? Do you hear what he just said? If a woman hits me, I hit her back. They hit me, I hit them back. Whew. Imagine trying to say that today in any any type of format. No way. It ain't happening. It is not happening. My, how the world has changed. Because back then, uh, you could have that sexist, 
talk, which was often used. Uh, they talked uh, gender humor was also a big part of what we used to see back then. Could Can't do that today. Although uh, we have these intergender encounters where women are as equal. It's just that as far as uh, you got to walk the fine line between that and domestic violence. Oh, and Albano has the nerve to come back on the set in that fancy tuxedo. Alfred knows that uh, something is going to happen here, you think? So Lord Ship moves down to the end of the couch, and Albano unwisely taking a seat, but he came out, so I guess he's asking for it, right? Whoa. Things are starting to break loose. Oh, boy. Flicked him. He's supposed to be a gentleman. You think he's going to be a gentleman? Of course he's going to. Boom. Big shot. Big shot. A big right. To Lou Albano's face. Oh, my. Uh, Well, you know, uh, Roddy didn't exactly... Do what he said he was going to do. Not much of a gentleman. Now, this is where I really would have had the EMT crew nearby. Because he's really start. He's going to go off now. He's already at 12. Breathe, Lou. Breathe. Lou. <gasps> Take it easy, pal. So I'm not quite sure if like Vince is really trying to wrap him or he's just letting him go. <laughs> Where's which camera am I supposed to look at? Oh, that one. Okay. I wonder if they had the big boom mites like they did on the on the show, uh, like the Tonight Show. Look at it. Listen, he's like, <gasps> I would seriously be concerned for his health at this point. Yeah. Huh. Okay, and then they just take out the mic. They just, it's gone. Why, why would you take it out? I mean, I'd like to hear him go there, you know. Host, Vince McMahon. Look at those graphics. Co-host, Lord Alfred Hayes. Now, this remember what I told you about the, the credits? Producer Nelson Swegler, who's had we've had on the podcast, director Kerwin Silfies, even back then, 1985. Assistant director Kevin Dunn, right there. That was great. My, how things would change for Kevin Dunn, his world. He was the guy. He was the man. But this was way back on January 4th, 1985. And I think they do give a credit. Here it is. Production Facilities, Video One, Inc. in Baltimore. That's where everything was done right then. TNT, Titan Sports. A Titan Sports production. Wow. There you have it. Did you guys enjoy that? I I really did. I thought that was fun. That is, uh, boy, vintage. Vintage, like as in Vince. Vince McMahon. Oh, my goodness, man. That is just uh, classic stuff. And uh, as I mentioned, it, uh, you know, uh, that that uh, period of time was before everything really, really, really exploded. They were still, you know, uh, doing production down in the Maryland area, down in Baltimore. And that's where, uh, you know, Vince uh, hooked up with all a lot of the people that would stay with him for a long time. Uh, Kevin Dunn's dad was uh, uh, did uh, production, and uh, that's how Kevin was kind of brought into the business. But I think that uh, I don't know if you know early on that um, Vince saw the talent in Kevin Dunn that uh, you know he or or that he was just very capable. 
uh, maybe he would uh, start to realize his his uh, the super talents that he had as a as a producer and then of course a, a manager and as he kind of moved up to the ranks. But when I got to Stanford in 1987, Kevin was. Uh, you know, they had the, the very uh, nice facility in Stanford that's still there to this day on Hamilton Avenue. But, uh, you know, Kevin was just, he was a producer. He wasn't um, an executive producer. He wasn't running the facility. Uh, Bruce Pritchard would come along um, at that time and then uh, uh, many others uh, along the way. But uh, it, was, it was a really interesting time for the uh, WWF, as it was then. And uh, they would, uh, you know, certainly evolve. But even then you could tell that they had, you know, Vince had big plans for the company if it was going to continue to, um, you know, reach these new heights. And boy, did they. But it's interesting to think that this is just 1985. Uh, Vince had not uh, been, in, you know, taken over for that long. And there was enormous pressure on him to make this work. Uh, you know, he had taken over the company from his father who was ailing, but, you know, it was to the point, I think the deal was that if he missed a payment, um, that, uh, for the, you know, to his father, that that would revert back to him. Uh, that's, that's pretty scary to think about that. That's how he had to live. But, you know, he had done so many different things before that. This was really no different for him really to face that kind of pressure and here he was about to put everything on the line. Things are coming together. They had brought in uh, some of the best talent from around the, the country, from these other territories. Uh, they had uh, met, you know, hooked up with MTV, with re- uh, rock and wrestling, and had this going on um, you know, with, with great success. But everything would be really put on the line not too much longer uh, after this. You know, like I said, it was January 4th, 1985. And then you'd have WrestleMania take place at the end of March of 1985. That was just a few months away. And then everything would take off. But you talk to people that were involved that time. It was, if this doesn't work, uh, we're done. I'm not sitting here having a podcast talking about it uh, because the WWF might have, it's not like it was going to cease to exist, but it was going to be a major struggle from that point on because, uh, you know, they didn't, uh, Vince had put all his finances on the line for this. So who knows what would have happened, but we know it didn't. Uh, we know what happened. It, uh, it was a huge success. And they just went from there as that, uh, that wave started to build and just build and build and build uh, uh, with uh, Hulk Hogan uh, leading the way on the surfboard, you know. But um, you did have a, lo- a pretty good supporting cast. But Vince would learn along the way that you couldn't just depend on one major superstar. He put everything into uh, Hulk Hogan, and after a couple of years, you know, he started to become even more mainstream, and they wanted him for movies and, you know, all these other things. And um, Hulk uh, was seeing what kind of merchandise he was selling, and he wanted a piece of it, and the world would change. It would never never be the same again after that. And, uh, you know, that's that was... Uh, what happened at the time, but it was really incredible to see. And uh, it was also fun to watch as these, the programming would evolve as they started with this Tuesday night uh, Titans. And then uh, of course that evolved into primetime wrestling, but then you had all the other shows. Remember we had superstars, we had challenge that uh, were, were huge promotional tools and they couldn't do a whole lot with this one besides just uh, profiling the talent and showing a few matches. But, um, you know, of course, then they would have the superstars of wrestling, which was something that um, is out there. And then, of course, uh, Wrestling Challenge. But those were just basic promotional tools. They used those to not only promote their talent, but they had something in there called the Event Center, which was uh, a, a brilliant for marketing-wise. Because I've told the story about how before that, you know, they did these ridiculous interviews and they started to really refine how they could sell their product. Everything, though, was driven uh, with, uh, you know, to get people to go to house shows. Now, to show you how things change, that was what the entire focus was, get people to go to these house shows. They didn't uh, make a tremendous amount of money from TV at this point at all. And uh, they made money from the gates, 
And that's how the boys got paid. That's how the wrestlers got paid. They were paid by the, from the gates of the, you know, the house, uh, a percentage of that. And that's how they, they made their living. And they were all still, of course, independent contractors, would be for many years after that. But it was a completely different business at the time. Very, very, very different than what it has evolved into. And, uh, you know, they made big money from the pay-per-views. That was another big source of income. Merchandise was gigantic as well. But the house shows were really, really important. And that's why they were doing, they were running house shows six and seven days uh, a week. Some, you know, many of those were double shots. And uh, that's, that was the, the main focus. Uh, it has certainly, certainly changed to uh, what it was from then and what it, what it has become. But that was, uh, that was the business plan then. And it, and it worked very well for a long time. So... Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. That was fun. I, and uh, I'm not sure what we're doing next week. But as you know, we're going to keep doing these, uh, what we're calling them, PTSM Network Classics, where we uh, will highlight either uh, we got superstars now that's up there. We've got these Tuesday Night Titans, which I, I really think are a blast to watch because <laughs> you see these guys are just ridiculous situations. Uh, you know, wait till we run down a few of them, but you can just look at the list that they have on the WWE network and even give us some suggestions, which ones you think we should do, because they're all pretty crazy. And they, they, you know, uh, I can't say so much for the quality of them, but they, I mean, they, they built these sets. They went to, you know, uh, great lengths to put these skits and stuff together. And it was a, it was an effective way to uh, show off the talent. But I think at some point it was just too much, you know. It was probably, uh, you know, and at the same time, remember, you're sending these guys out. They're out on the road, too, doing these house shows. So uh, they would get a lot more efficient at it uh, than they than they did. So uh, it's great, great stuff. So we've got a lot more coming. I hope you enjoyed this again. And uh, you can catch these every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, folks, I want to remind you, we'd love to have you join us on Patreon. Uh, You'll get these episodes early, uh, as well as uh, the uh, uh, episode of uh, Primetime with Sean Mooney. Uh, As I mentioned, these drop on Mondays at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. And then, of course, we have our original episodes of Primetime with Sean Mooney every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. And then we have the the, uh, Vault episodes that come on Saturday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. But if you're a Patreon member, you get all these early. And of course, you get them all ad-free, absolutely ad-free, which is which is awesome. So uh, we're just keep filling up the uh, Prime Time with Sean Mooney uh, family here. And we've got some other stuff in the works just to give you more content that uh, we hope that you're going to enjoy. Um, also, I, I don't know if you've checked out our t-shirts lately, but you know you should check out uh, themooneytees.com. We've got... Uh, Bunch of great t-shirts up there, and uh, I'd love to have you check out our merch. And, of course, if you uh, listen to us on iTunes, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe and uh, give us a five-star review and a rating. We'd love to hear you do that. Uh, I'd love to have you do that because it really helps out a lot. It helps spread the word uh, to uh, get get it out there so that people tune in. We'd love to have you do it because it just uh, allows us to keep doing it. So in the meantime, till next time, I hope you catch uh, one of these great episodes. Uh, I will see you next time. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. Thanks for listening, everybody.